Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast, a podcast with groundbreaking ideas curated just for you. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions of the local church. Learn how today's thought leaders are navigating the future of the church, 21st century solutions to 21st century challenges. We help leaders get the clarity needed to move from good ideas and intentions to results and impact. For more information about Leadership Network's resources, to help you pursue healthy growth and 100x impact, visit leadnet.org. Welcome to another episode of the Future Church Podcast. I am Carrie Williams, Exponential Special Projects Director and the founder and CEO of The Truth Republic. And we're so glad that you've joined us again today. And today I'm really excited about this interview that I get to do with Stephen Pronounce your last name, Stephen. Uh, Partain. Yeah, it's Partain. a good French last name. Making sure. Stephen Partain. He's a pastor at Grace Community Church in New Orleans. Um, he was one of the one of the projects that presented at our Austin event, Future Church Initiative event. And I loved hearing all about what he's doing with his project called Grace in the Bywater. Stephen, we're so glad to have you. Hey, thanks. It's glad to be uh, with you today. So tell us why you started Grace in the Bywater and explain to our listeners what it is. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, So, you know, basically uh, my wife and I about four years ago started kind of the church planting process and um, had had a background in kind of operations management and business development and uh, wanted to plant a church right in the urban core of the city. Um, we knew that that was going to take a different financial approach in particular. Um, and so kind of just began the process to plant kind of missional community type of thing. And then uh, we were given this huge resource. This church had been around about 100 years or so in the Bywater Upper Ninth Ward of the city, um, but had declined quite a bit and didn't know what to do in the future. And just like most things in New Orleans, if it doesn't get used, it'll become some condos or, or new housing. And so we wanted to see the building still used for the kingdom. And so for us, um, a lot of this framework and vision was to uh, plant a church, but really also plant a missional business at the same time. So really, Grace Community Church is kind of the more traditional uh, vision of church that might engage people that way. But then Grace in the Bywater is a missional business that we're taking our um, our former fellowship hall that's next door to the sanctuary and making it a neighborhood cafe, renovating it, putting in a commercial kitchen. Uh, but it's not just a standard cafe to engage the neighborhood. Uh, in particular, we're trying to engage entrepreneurs that do food in our city. So, you know, in our city of New Orleans, we have great food, great music, great culture. But the folks that made that culture and music, they live in our neighborhoods. They live in the 7th, 8th, and ninth wards. But it's so hard today to actually get a foot forward anymore. It's so expensive. And so we decided to kind of engage that justice issue in our community, uh, renovate this space, and then have super low day rates so that people could not just come create jobs at a cafe, but actually build businesses. We have a huge green space in the back. So the idea for us is really to use our resource to become a neighborhood hub again in the community like it was so many years ago, and then also to create these kind of avenues for business for people to prosper, create companies. Um, And so really it's like, are we a church? Yes. Are we a cafe? Yes. Are we a green space? Yes. We're trying to create all those things in the same space. I love it. I really love what you're doing. So help 
help everyone understand a little bit. So when you look at like this laid out in a in a week, so a, a Monday mm-hmm. to a Sunday, what does the space look like? Is it multiple people? Is it, you know, on Monday, Mondays, it's tacos, you know, what is it? What does it practically look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and so the uh, the anchor tenant really is going to be a company called Creole, which is Korean and Creole fusion food, which I always say if Jesus made food, he'd make this. It's just really, really good. Um, so our friend who's a chef really had this vision with us to come and serve our community in this way. So they're going to be the anchor tenant. Um, and so they'll use it mostly Monday through Friday. Um, they already have a brand in our city. They already have a following. So we're going to leverage that. And then I used to work at a nonprofit um, that has um, entrepreneur classes that go through um, twice a year. And so we're going to have space for them uh, either in the mornings and evenings or on weekends to come and set up. Um, they might be doing, you know, barbecue. Uh, we have someone that's been doing vegan food as well, which actually had their vegan chili, which at first I wasn't sure I was like vegan chili. But it was actually it was actually really good. Um, and so uh, we're going to have this anchor set up in this space and then build off of that and hopefully be able to have you know several people coming through in the beginning and then over time hopefully they graduate and they move somewhere else and open up a space and then we have a new kind of crew of people coming through um so really the week for us hopefully eventually will be seven days a week of this cafe functioning and then having like a standard service as well on a sunday but trying to integrate all of that um into the same space for people that aren't they're not going to come to a church service necessarily in our neighborhood, um, but they will come engage and build a relationship this way. Yeah. So you is it, so this is multifaceted from what mm-hmm. what I've read through your application. I had the honor and privilege of being one of the people who got to read your application for our Austin event, and um, it has so many levels and layers to it. Not just you know as far as building your community and attracting people into relationship where mm-hmm. you can discuss Jesus. Um, it has a lot of different levels and layers. And so as a church, using this as, would you say, an outreach model uh, per se, you know, of drawing people in that, you know, typically, like you mentioned, would not show up at a church service. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 are your expectations as far as clientele? What are your expectations as far as engagement with the community? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good question. It'll help to kind of frame our neighborhood a little bit. Um, so we're in the Ninth Ward of New Orleans. So people know about the Ninth Ward. Historically, the Lower Ninth Ward has been very, very low income uh, after the storm after Katrina. Very hard hit. Still has never recovered. Um, we're actually uh, on the other side of the canal. The Upper Ninth Ward is the Bywater, which has been heavily gentrified. Um, so folks from you know the West Coast, California, New York, um, Chicago, places like that have moved in. It's gentrified heavily, but the rest of the neighborhood, especially on the other side of St. Claude Avenue, is majority African-American, majority New Orleanian, majority, you know, long-term families. And so for us, we're kind of at a crossroads in the neighborhood, and we feel like creating a community space for anyone to be involved. You know, I think what's when you're young, I'm, I'm 34, so young white guy that's leading a church, um, I could create kind of a hipster space, which is a kind of a joke. Um, but then we could only have probably a certain type of person come into it. Um, and so we've really worked to build relationships with other leaders in our community um, to build a space that anyone can come and engage in. Um, and I think through that, we're hoping to be able to uh, to build a relationship with a couple of different kinds of people. 
my, the folks that have been here forever, mostly African-American, mostly from the neighborhood, um, to show that we actually, like, we're not trying to push them out with gentrification. We really want to see them flourish. We want to create avenues to see the neighborhood uh, not get so expensive that they can't actually stay there. So we're trying to show that we care about them. Uh, and then also for the newer folks that have moved in, um, you know, they move in with a, a really do-gooding attitude. Um, and they really want to make a difference, but don't have necessarily a religious or spiritual background. And they become very disconnected. They don't really have deep relationships. And so it's hard to make it without that deep connection. So I think we can actually offer something to both kinds of people and then create a space where, you know, and we talk about post-Christian. I think in our space, it's really been post-Christian for a while now, um, that getting people to a service isn't the goal necessarily. Getting them to relationship, um, seeing those forms, seeing conversations about Jesus, um, so really almost like the service itself is probably more of the the outgrowth of actual engagement than it is kind of the front door of how we're going to engage people. So really just making it a neighborhood hub, open it up for all kinds of people and have this missional impulse and kind of um, move with the neighborhood in some ways of like, what does it need? How do we how do we create space for people? Yeah, I love that. So talk about what uh, what kind of resources this project requires of you when it comes down to, you know, staffing, volunteers, overseeing, you know, a commercial type kitchen. I mean, I can think of tons and tons and tons of churches that have the potential to do something sure. like this. And yes. so what does that look like? You know, maintaining the space, um, marketing to bring in people, both mm-hmm. both on the side of uh, running, you know, different businesses and, and food vendors to the actual customer. So talk about the resources. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's going to be different for different kinds of people. You know, for us, we're a smaller church plant in a very dense urban neighborhood. Um, And so for us, it's been all about and also we have a very um, unique neighborhood, a lot of diversity. So for us, it's been taking a slower path to actually um, to say that it has to be at least us, but has to be more than us. So we can come in and we can physically work on the building to make it be a kitchen. But if we don't have the right people to run the space, to attract the right people, to give it the right kind of ethos, it's just not going to work. And so for us, we have a few different partners. Um, so we have you know, the church itself that's creating the space. But alongside our friend uh, Katie, who's a chef in the city, who's actually you know, bringing in the brand, bringing in the connection and expertise of what it means to actually run a cafe. Uh, also, the nonprofit that she works for, I used to work for has this connection with um, you know entrepreneurs that are coming through. Um, then we also have another nonprofit that's connected to our church that actually is going to help do some of the administration piece. Um, and so for us, we really decided to make it a community partnership kind of model. And so the church itself is really going to do the renovations and then you know have the very low rental income that they get from it. But beyond that, we're really helping them actually create the space within our some parameters of our vision. Um, but I think it needs to be a community collaboration. Many times churches have great ideas about what the future could look like, but not the best execution execution because they don't always have the diversity of people or the right kind of people to make it happen. And so for us, it's been just a partnership thing. And then really telling people, like, it's not that we just want you to be a part of this. We can't do this without you. Um, and so I think there's a lot of potential for churches with kitchens and in certain spaces to, to kind of think through community partnership models. And it would be a huge open door to relationships and engaging people. 
If you're like most leaders, no one ever actually taught you how to lead a church. Even if you ace seminary, there are so many unanswered questions and problems that no one equipped you for. It's time to take the mystery out of leading your church forward. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community created by Carrie Newhoff. Inside, you'll find a host of premium on-demand courses and the strategies and insights you need to lead and grow your church. Plus, the Art of Leadership Academy offers community hosted by qualified experts and peer-to-peer learning. And you'll get live monthly coaching and done-for-you staff training, all for $397 a year. That's it. No catch. Think of it as the best investment in leadership development you'll make all year. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to sign up. That's theartofleadershipacademy.com to learn more and to get instant access. Yeah, I I really love this model. I mean, I think when I think about, uh, you know, the giant commercial kitchens in in churches, I, you know, I tend to think that the old school large, you know, Wednesday night dinners or Monday night, you know, dinners that that are hosted and things like that and open to the community. And then the kitchen sits empty pretty much, you know, the rest of the week. And so I I love the concept that not only are you being an amazing steward of the of the property that God has gifted you guys with, but also in addition, um, you're inviting the community in mm-hmm. to not only, you know, be part of a, a, a kind of an intricate community of relationship, but also to utilize their gifts and their talents and their skills and pursue their dreams and those kind of things. Um, sure. I really, I really love that piece. So will you have an, uh, when you, when you expand to multiple entrepreneurs into this space will you have like an application process what what will it look like let's say if i wanted to be a yeah you now a, a, a taco vendor there what how do i how do i get involved how do you do that that's a good question so um for us it's going to be uh that anchor tenant Kareel, our friend katie who's a chef we're kind of working through a lot of her relationships even on the front end I do know the original crop of entrepreneurs that are coming in, um, but as we move forward, we're going to use really this nonprofit connection with these classes, which is almost kind of a pipeline to people that can come in. Uh, through that, they're going to know who the people are, know their story, know who really kind of fits the vision that we have, because it's really for it's for a very particular kind of person, one one that has a lot of talent and ability, but just needs an opportunity. And just needs an opening to be able to use that and to grow that. And so um, for us, it's going to be more relational through that process. I could see a point in the future where things expand and we have a more formalized process to that, Um, especially like just like anything with ministry or church planting or whatever. In the beginning, it becomes very organic. And then five years later, you need to take a nap. And so you need to actually have some structures. Um, So I think it's going to be similar. Nice. All right. So you've talked about um, different elements within how this will will affect your community. Mm-hmm. But I, when you when you dream about this and how it integrates into the church as a whole, mm-hmm. talk about those kind of relationships that get formed and built. Will you have, you know, it, it, are you are you trying to mobilize the people within your church to be a part of this, and in, in the sense that they're kind of missionaries, you know, by mm-hmm. eating eating at this commercial kitchen, you know, among the community? What's that look like? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, So for us, and I think the model can shift depending on, 
you know, your location and what the resources. Um, but for us, it's almost like uh, the way I'm thinking of it is almost like it's one huge missional community at this space. Uh, and then we have other communities throughout the city and, you know, small groups. And so I think about this space that we will have some of our people that live in the neighborhood, especially that are around here, going to come engage pretty consistently here. Uh, I think that'll be a big piece of it. Um, I think a big part of it is going to be, though, just kind of reclaiming the physical resource as a kingdom resource and having that story be shared with people over and over. Um, so a story I like to tell is we did a, a pop up during the pandemic. So neurons had pretty you know, heavy restrictions. Um, so we did it all safe, did it outside. And over two days, the entrepreneurs, I think, did like twenty four hundred dollars during the pandemic, which was which was awesome. Um but one of my friends, she's one of the entrepreneurs we're setting up, and she was like, well, why don't churches do this? And I was like, well, churches do do this. Like, we're doing this. And she talked about the impact of, like, and, and who Jesus was. And, like, she opened up spiritually to me in conversation, just kind of based on our church doing this. So I think a lot of it is going to be kind of reclaiming the physical space and then through these partnerships and then through our people that are ending up on the site to talk about like, yeah, this is what Christians do. We make a difference. We bless people. Um, I think we're trying to flip the narrative of the churches here, not to take from you, but to give. We're not trying to get in your pocketbook today. We're actually using what we have to bless other people. And so for me, that's kind of the big narrative shift that I think in a cultural moment like this is not only necessary, but essential to engage the kind of people we're trying to reach. Yeah, so good. So in the context of like funding, um, what's that look like for, for the individuals who are coming in? Is there a, you know, a renter's fee, that kind of thing? Or is the church covering, you know, all of the maintenance and maintaining of the property? What's, it, what's that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and so for us, we've always talked about, you know, thinking about this model is both a missional outreach and financial subsidy in the same thing. Um, so for us, we're going to take care of the property, um, and what we're going to have is the uh, the company that's running everything. They'll take all the day rates, so people are going to have a day rate of like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, nothing huge, to be able to use the kitchen and the space. So once a month, they'll cut a check to the church. Uh, I'm not serving on the board of any of these companies. I'm keeping a, a disconnection legally in that sense, especially. Um, so we're going to have, you know, kind of take care of the property. Uh, we're keeping our zoning as a house of worship. Uh, we're not, we tell people we're not less than a church. We're more than just a church. We're still doing what we do on Sundays and these gatherings, but we're taking our, our property every day, using it for the good of our neighborhood. So for us, I think that um, keeping the zoning as a house of worship, because we are a house of worship, is essential. Um, and then having the relationship where we're not having to control the space. Uh, but just getting that rental income, but creating the opportunity and, you know, if something's broken, we're going to fix it and keep things at a, a good level and, you know, a, a respectable level. So people are, you know, attracted to come in, things aren't falling apart. So that's our responsibility in the process for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what would you say is like one key thing that you're currently learning through this process? I would say patience, which <laughs> I think is always everything related to following Jesus, especially as a leader. Um, you know, originally we were trying to get kicked off um, as COVID was <laughs> was going. And then uh, we, you know, the first few months of COVID, we probably lost about a third of our funding. Um, just do different people. 
um, that just, you know, their businesses weren't going well. And so we're kind of sitting there. And uh, and then by the end of the year, what was kind of cool is at the end of the year, the last week of December, a guy called me that I promised 10 grand. Um, he said, hey, it's been a tough year, but God told me to do this. So what's your address? I'm going to send it. And I gave my address very quickly and he got that check. And so I think for us, the, the patience has just been, this is all in the timing that God has. Um, I think even post-pandemic, we have such a huge green space in the back. This outdoor dining thing is going to be very successful because um, we have a smaller inside space. And so I think that, you know, having patience, we were very frustrated at times, but I think God's worked it out where like it's the perfect moment for us to launch this. And so that's been the biggest thing is just trusting that it's all in God's timing and process, permitting with the city and, you know, all the legal things are always a pain. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's been the big thing I've learned along the way. Yeah, I'd say patience is key in anything that we start new, for sure. Yeah, um, sure. Especially in just building things, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what would you say is your biggest challenge that you're facing right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say um, it's probably a couple different things. The thing is trying to, especially as, you know, a small church plant, um, have a lot of things going on around me is to be able to uh, to put the energy in the right places, uh, to be able to missionally engage and build this while also kind of like creating the right kind of space and for a church and for our people, keeping them on mission. So, you know, doing this is almost like starting a business and planting a church at the same time, which yeah. is kind of insane at some level. Um, and so I think the challenge a lot of ways is just to have spiritual wholeness, kind of soul care um, in the middle of it. Uh, and not having a savior dynamic that's all based on you, but that God's going to do the work. Um, and I think long term, a lot of what it's going to come down to is just, you know, figuring out an ecclesiology that fits with a Monday through Sunday kind of outreach. So we are going to still have we're a very Catholic city. We have people that have a lot of religious background and we have a liturgical worship. We think that's important for us. So we want to keep some of those forms for sure. But to figure out how to use this space all through the week to have engagement with Jesus, engagement with the Word of God, engagement with the gospel. So I think the ecclesiological question is probably the biggest thing and challenge is just, you know, as you build this out and there's a lot of momentum for some of these things, you know, how do you use that to make disciples? Uh, Which, you know, we have some ideas, but just like anything, you have your ideas and God tweaks them and changes them. And so, um, for me, that's the big question. Um, we do this because Jesus loves people and wants them to, to come to faith in Him and be discipled. And so, just connecting those two, I think we live in a world where things are going very far one way or the other. And so, that's always a challenge. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say to pastors, church leaders uh, who are listening to this right now mm-hmm. and they're thinking, Huh, we could do something very similar to this model uh, in our local community, in our context of uh, whatever, and, and regardless of church size, right? So, like, you guys are are a newer church. How old, mm-hmm. how old are you guys? But, uh, you know, three years, two or three years, depending yeah. on when you count it. Yeah. So, um, what would you say? What would you say to church leaders who are hearing this and, th- and, and it's spurring something in them to, you know, to... Yeah. Be innovative with the space that God has um, given them to steward. What would you say to them? Yeah, I think the way I framed it has been this way is like, you know, who are you? um, Who are you with and what do you have? 
Right. So um, for me, like I always joke that I would be a terrible pastor in a lot of settings because like I just would get bored and I'd get fired like two weeks in for trying to change everything. So like, you know, I live well in an urban space and kind of a different chaotic space. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that way for you to be innovative. You can be innovative in a rural setting and a suburban setting. But it's just like, who are you? What is your gift? How has God made you? Who are the people that you're with? So for us, we have these nonprofit partnerships and relationships. Who are the people that God's given you in your life that have callings, giftings, abilities, or in your church that can do that? And then what do you have? Do you have a building? Do you have a resource that you can use? And just begin to look at those things differently. Um, so a lot of times, like especially with churches and urban settings that have declined for so long, people look at the buildings as burdens. Because the only way they think about them is just for a church service once a week or a Bible study, which is which is great. Um, but if we go, this is not a burden, this is a resource. I think it's just almost a, a shift in thinking. And then you go, well, I might be in a suburban area that's not as dense as New Orleans. But, you know, I might have, you know, these 300 people that leave from school in the morning that are driving by. I could start something that hits them in the morning and create some community and they feel disconnected and there's tons of opportunities like that. So I think just looking at the three questions, who am I, who am I with, and what do I have? And then begin to ask the question, what would the Spirit of God want to do in this space? To, you know, Our buildings are used one day a week a lot of times. So if it was used seven days a week, you know, what would that look like? And I think people get excited about that vision when you start to do that. Yeah. One, one of the things that you wrote out in your application that stood out to me. You made this statement. I'm convinced that God blessed us with this resource for the exact reason of leveraging the property for mission. And I think uh, by building a, you know, utilizing the commercial kitchen to bring in entrepreneurs from the community who just need help getting started is a great way to um, not, not only pour into the community, right? Uh, but yeah, it's also sure. a great opportunity to utilize the space for mission, right? So that you're yes. drawing in community to hear the gospel through relationships the way that we are created to do. I loved that yeah. statement. Thank you. I appreciate I really that. That statement. And um, and I just I th- I do think that what you're doing is is part of the future of the church. And I think that leveraging everything that we have for mission in an mm-hmm. innovative fashion, um allowing space for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to be innovative in models and with our spaces is really important. Um, And so I just want to say thank you for being here today on the Future Church podcast. And if if people listening want to hear and learn more about Grace and the Bywater, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So right now they can go to, I guess, gracefornola.com, which is our church website. Um, and so we'll have pretty soon uh, some information about Grace in the Bywater through that website. So gracefornola.com, and then we'll have some storytelling around that over the next few months as well. So yeah, check us out there or send me an email. I'm a pretty normal guy. I can get you back to you. Maybe not right away because I have three kids too, but at some point, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for being with us today. And um, we're praying for you and cheering you on as you move forward with Grace and the Bywater. And thanks for sharing about your project and being a part of the Future Church Initiative with Exponential. Yeah, appreciate it.